This is the Brother Marcos headquarters in Sao Paulo, Brazil, calling Christians anywhere in the world. Please respond. This is the Brother Marcos headquarters in Sao Paulo, Brazil, calling Christians anywhere in the world. Please respond. Hello, folks. Welcome. This is the Brother Marcos radio show, and I'm your host, Brother Marcos, speaking from Sao Paulo, Brazil, through the airwaves and the data flow of Radio Redemption Network and the Kapow Network. We are, we are back again with our series. We are talking about the eight rules for growing in godliness. This is a series that is a work based on the work that is based on the work <laughs> of several, several different Christians. Yes, it, it, it's, actually, uh, it's actually a series of texts in the blog of a pastor from Toronto called Tim Chalice. And he based this series in the book of... Um, Christian minister from the 16th century named Thomas Watson. So we are here, my friends, uh, building upon the basis of the work of other people, because that's, that's how it works. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, the same truths that were significant and important in the 16th century, they are still important today. So, we are uh, going to talk this week about the third rule. And it's, it's all about having holy thoughts. And I think it's, it's a very interesting and important topic because... If you follow this this show and the Kapow radio show, you know that we talk a lot about the zombies. People are zombies right now. They're having crazy thoughts. They believe in the most stupid things. And it, it, it's like they're completely blind. And, you know, that's exactly what the Bible tells us. That it's going to happen, especially in the end times. Satan blinds people and they lose the ability to think in a clear and concise and focused way. And, and they start to have, have those stupid ideas and beliefs and they become zombies. <laughs> yes, my friends, I don't want to sound like... <clears throat> You know, those crazy old timers, they say, well, in my time, everything was better. But I'll tell you, it, it was, you know, because things are changing so fast. And it's interesting that having holy thoughts, thinking about your life is crucial in your sanctification process, because that's what we are talking about here. It's our sanctification, meaning you are working your salvation, okay? Salvation is a free gift. There's nothing you can do to deserve it, okay? There was nothing that you did to have it, but you have to perfect it, perfect yourself, okay? And uh, that that's what work your salvation means okay but before before we start let's just check some of the crazy things happening in this world of course we see clearly that the globalists or the illuminati or the satanists that control this world they are in a very accelerated Base in order to set up the new world order, and it's it's so clear. It's all around us all the time. And uh, I mean, come on, this Macron, Macron. I like to call him Maricon, Maricon. If you if you know a little Spanish, you know what it means. 
Maricon, which means a sissy boy, uh, he won. He's already president of France. I mean, he's the most artificial mind control slave that Illuminati ever produced. And he is the president of France. Come on. He was enrolled by the Jesuits when he was 12. And then he was seduced and abused by his handler, a pedophile. His teacher, this woman had authority over him. I mean, she should be in jail. But instead, she's the first lady of France. Or maybe the première madame de France. Instead of being in jail. So, it's clear that the globalists, the Luciferians, they're just putting in place all the pieces in this chess game, just waiting for the moment of the checkmate. And these guys, among them Macron, Le Maricon, they will deliver their power to the Antichrist when the time is right. You know, they're all in place. You know, it's, it's, they're just waiting for the green light. And my friends, instead of just realizing how tragic and disastrous the whole situation is, Christians, they're being deceived and they have been provided with false alternatives and false hopes with things that we're going to discuss here you know it, it's let's make let's make Sodom great again let's make Gomorrah great again let's uh, you know have the national day of prayer these these things they will fix the situation that's what they say that's what they say my friends it's unbelievable you know in this way you really don't realize what's happening you don't check your life you don't try you don't stop messing around you don't start to fix the wrong things in your life you do not really witness as much as you could Because you think, you know, things are going in the right direction. Now we have this president that's going to fix things. So I'm a libertarian. Libertarian economics will fix the world. Oh, yes, I see here that Milo Yiannopoulos, you know, that's the gay guy who was abused when he was a child. And much like what happens with the Stockholm syndrome, you know, when when the victim victim sympathizes with the aggressor, now he promotes pedophilia as a good thing. He says, "No, no, it's okay. It's good for some, for some kids. That was a good experience. Open their minds. You know, that that's a promoter of pedophilia, and he." was one of the main supporters of Trump during the campaign. And I see here, you know, he's tried to come back after he was exposed as a promoter of pedophilia. You know, all these guys that are surrounding Trump. I mean, come on, my friends. That Cernovich guy, he's a con artist. Con artist. And they love to flash the 666 sign you know all the people in the alt right for a time their meme their symbol was Pepe the frog you know the green frog but now it seems that is the 6-6 sign the hand sign Some, sometimes people say it's the okay sign but actually it's an occultist sign and they flash it all the time all the time I mean it's in your face And they, he had here the, this party in Cinco de Mayo, and they call Cinco de Milo, or de Mayo, Milo, 
<laughs> it's it's like the most brave thing, my friends. I wonder where does he get all this money? What well where this money comes from? You know, I see here there's a picture of, of this women here. They're all like dressed in in, in lingerie. You know, Americans they say lingerie, but it's not lingerie. It's lingerie. It's a French word, you know. They're scantily dressed, almost naked here with with rifles. You know, my friends, let me tell you. Some occultists, Luciferians, people from perennialism, they are hijacking the conservative movement. You know, and they say, you can be an occultist and be a conservative. You can be gay and be a conservative. Okay? If you only sport, if you're handling a semi-automatic rifle, then you are okay. No, you're not okay. Okay? Because a real conservative is a Christian. What they're doing, they're just Trojan, Trojan, Trojan horses infiltrating the conservative movement in order to neutralize it, to destroy it from within. Can't you see that? There's nothing good about this. And here is this Mayo with all these naked women. Oh, here, one more, one guy here with uh, flashing the 66 sign, you know, and they paint things on the wall. There's a cross here painted on the wall. Very, it really looks satanic, okay? More people flashing the 66 sign. And uh, and then the naked girls here around the pool. Oh yes, because you know after the party they all jump into the pool and things like that. Oh, here it is, <laughs> the Zionist Israeli flag. <laughs> I'm gonna post this on the Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media Facebook page, and Brother Marcos at Facebook.com, so you can check. This kind of new conservatives, just depraved gay people and uh, women who really dress and look like sluts, but they have automatic rifles and they are standing in front of the Israeli flag, the Zionist flag with the hexagram. So you think that they are conservatives and they're they're gonna save america there's roger stone here the the russian spy <laughs> that's an old man come on get a grip man you're old what are you doing here with this bunch of young pervs it's, it's amazing this is a trump bunch okay and here we see trump's son-in-law you know jared kushner the guy that works for that sect of racist witches called Habalubavitch. Okay, the, they're racist. They say that Gentiles are worth nothing. He turns Jehovah's Witness, Jehovah's Witnesses HQ into a marquee office ca campus. So by, basically what he did, he bought their headquarters in Brook Brooklyn, you know, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses World Headquarters building, paid them lots of money, lots of $345 million. So now the Jehovah Witnesses, they have lots and lots of money to spread their Luciferian doctrine all around the world while pretending to be evangelicals. Isn't that great? That's Jared Kushner for you. The man who's really ruling the White House. Oh, yes. And then we see here. I, 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 was, I was checking my 
Facebook page and one of my friends liked it. A post from this guy. Uh, I forgot his name. It's one of those prosperity gospel teachers, false prophets from Florida. He was... He had a selfie inside his private jet, you know, very sophisticated, luxury private jet. And he was like, I'm, I'm going to the capital for the National Day of Prayer. Yes, I didn't know the capital of Florida is not Miami. It's something like Tallahassee or something like that. But he was going there. But, you know, he's such a refined, sophisticated gentleman that he cannot drive there. He needs to go by private jet, paid with the money of the widows and the poor people from his church. And it's amazing because I said, why can't you? My comment was, can't you pray at the home? Why do you have to take a private jet in order to pray? Okay? And, and like 10 of the, his followers started attacking me immediately. <laughs> you know, you cannot post something like Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But what Jesus tells us to do, you go to your room and you close the door and you pray in a humble way. And then God will reward you. You know, you pray inside your room where nobody is watching you. But no, they have the National Day of Prayer. The there's, there's an article here. The guy is analyzing the National Day of Prayer. And the crazy things that they do, they are completely cultural. They, they're completely worldly. You know, things like It's amazing. They were flying planes over the capitals of 50 states. I'm serious here. I'm not joking. And those planes were flying over over the, the, the seats of the government in each state in the United States. And the guys were praying over every capital at the same time. That's a magical trick. And they really think that's going to work. That's, that's going to work, my friends. 50 planes were scheduled to fly directly over each state capital at noon so that the country would literally be covered in prayer. Yes. It's amazing. Yes, my friends. And then he says, you know, it's nationalistic ecumenism because in the middle of this thing, there was a Roman Catholic priest in his full vestments, you know, Masons, it's just a mess, just a mess. And he says, you know, when I went there, it was five years ago, and after that time, we elected again Barack Obama, you know, and then Donald Trump. Locally, my county's government is overrun with Freemasons who fellowship at their local lodge with many Southern Baptists. Okay. And he says here, and I agree with him, I honestly think the United States is under judgment. And also Brazil and the rest of the world. Do you think that Satan is concerned about this public displays of Phariseeism? 
It doesn't care. It thinks it's fine. Because it gets your attention from real prayer repentance, which happens in, in individual lives. That's how it works. When it happens with individuals, then they get together and this will overflow to the country, to the government, to the companies, you know. It's bottom up. Starts with the person. Otherwise, what we have is like what we had last year. Jonathan can opens National Day of Prayer with prophetic warning. You know, of all people in the world, they chose a false prophet who now has a new book talking about a new age, occultist journey through different mythical places with different esoteric secrets. You know, a Judaizer, a false prophet, with false prophets, prophecies that didn't happen, didn't come true. And that's the main that they chose to open the National Day of Prayer. Yes, my friends. And he said here, America was to be a city on a hill to which the eyes of all people would look. You know, instead of looking at Jesus, they look at America. You know, America may be the best country in the world, but this is still a country. It's still the world. For America was modeled after Israel. See here the Judaizer trying to bring all the laws and rules and models from the Old Testament to today's world. It's like the cross never existed. Jesus Christ never came. He never died. He was not resurrected. You know, it's all the same. The only difference is that America is Israel. You know, the founding vision of America was based on the ancient template of Israel. Yes. Then he says, you know, watch out. Because so too America in her blessings has turned from the God of her blessings. So, the the real solution is to go back to Kabbalah and the things that he's teaching. You see, my friends, that's why it's important that you renew your mind, that you think about what the Bible wants from you, that you assess your life, you analyze your actions, your thoughts. Because the world wants to give you false solutions. You know? Because now being a conservative is to follow the, the pedophilia gay guy, the, the Habalubavich government, and go to the National Day of, of Prayer with false prophets. And then you think, well, I'm a good Christian. All the good Christians are doing that. So I must be good. But you're not. You're walking on a path of destruction. Going each day further and further from the truth. So stop right now. This world is damned. It's being judged. People are getting crazy, blinded by Satan. Okay, that's why I think it's important that we stop and think about growing in godliness. Because sometimes that's the only thing, thing that, that we can do. Because things are getting harder and harder. You know, it, it, it's, it's hard just to make a living. Just to face the day. Problems and problems. All good Christians are facing persecution and tribulation. Sometimes financial. Sometimes emotional. 
sometimes health-wise, all of them. If you want to follow Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. Okay? It's like people just look at you and they don't like you. Because, you know, the demon in them, he can recognize the, the spirit in you. And that person will hate you. You don't have to do anything. So sometimes if you feel bad and you think there's something wrong with you, just relax because the problem is not with you. The problem is with the world. Jesus Christ said that the wor world would hate us. But in fact, they're hating the Holy Spirit within you. And what it represents, your faith in Jesus. So my friends, that's why I think it's important that we stop and think, how can I grow my sanctification? Because I cannot depend on the world anymore for my happiness. And for my self-identity. For my worth. Because for the world, you are stupid. You are worth nothing. You're just a pathetic fool who believes in, in a failed religion. That's what they think. Because they will, you'll flash their money in front of you and see, well, I have fame, I have success, I fly my private jet, and you are there just, you know, barely hanging on. So don't despair, my friend, because things are exactly the way they are supposed to be. Jesus Christ warned us over and over again. So just Turn your back to these false conservatives, false Christians that provide false solutions. Okay? We're going to stop for a minute and we will be back. In a recent double-blind study from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California... Researchers concluded that humans who listen to the Freedom Friday Hour with radio hosts Paul and Linda Villanueva on the Kapow Radio Show Network were 111% more intelligent than their reptilian counterparts who did not listen to Freedom Friday, but instead were busy destroying mankind. Researchers also concluded that Freedom Friday listeners were better looking than their four-eyed, two-legged, freestanding Gila monster, turtle-faced reptilian counterparts. So, share your good looks and smarts with others by telling them to join you here on the fabulous Freedom Friday Hour. Your human friends will thank you. The Kapow Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit. All right, my friends, we are back. <clears throat> and we're going to talk a little about the third rule for godly living. And today we're going to talk about having godly thoughts. Godly thoughts. And there's a lot of interesting things here in this text. It starts with the Christian life is one of continually growing in obedience to God, of diligently working out the salvation. So that's what we were talking about. We are not supposed to just relax. You know, things will not go our way if we don't do anything. Okay, if you read the Bibles, go and read the Proverbs. You cannot be lazy. Okay, you have to work your salvation. But understand that work, your salvation, is something that you do after you received the salvation. Okay, you're not gaining merit. You're not paying for your salvation, okay? It has been paid. It has been paid in full at the cross. You don't owe anything, okay? There's nothing you can pay back to God 
for your salvation because it really required the most precious thing in the universe, which is the blood of Christ. But you're making yourself more... It's hard to find the right word. I was going to say worthy, but it's not worthy. <laughs> it's not acceptable. Maybe it's more dignified, okay? <laughs> you're more dignified, okay? When you work your salvation, okay? And you do that by, by obedience. That's what Jesus said. If you love me, obey my commands. Obey my commands. Live in the way that I taught you to. Okay? And obedience begins first in, your, in our heads and then works itself out into our hearts and hands. For to have renewed desires and renewed, renewed actions, we must first have renewed minds. You have to change the way that you think, that you look at the world, Okay? Because we start, my friends, with this depraved mind. Without Christ, people are really crazy. You know, so when you listen to the Freedom Friday show at the Kapow Radio Network, and you see all those crazy things, people think that they are, you know, transgendered, that they're, they're going to marry their dogs, and things like that. That's the natural state of the human mind. You know, let me tell you something. Until now, there was a cultural structure that prevented these crazy things to really have an impact and really to appear. You know, they were, they always existed. But they were inside the, the, the asylum, the lunatics, okay? They were crazy, considered crazy people, or at the fringes of society. Of society. Because of the Christian framework that we had in our culture, since the 1960s, Marxism destroyed the Christian framework. And now we are seeing people just as they are. You see, you understand that? It's, it's, it's just like this camouflage was removed. And now you can see people how they are. How they, they have always been. And maybe it's worse because more people are dem demonically possessed. But, but I'll tell you, even normal people, they're behaving like crazy. Because they do not have to abide to the rules and norms of the Christian culture. But it, it really didn't, it doesn't mean that they were saved before. It only means that they were cultural Christians. So they had to behave, okay? And now they don't have to behave anymore. So we see their real nature. In our naturally sinful condition, our thoughts are only ever unholy, only ever opposed to God. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's Genesis 6. That's the times before, right before the flood. And Jesus said that the end times would be just like the flood. Not because of Nephilim and DNA, these things, you know, but because of the evil in the hearts of men. That's why God judged the world. Because of wickedness. That's what the Bible says. And this increase in wickedness is exactly the same that we are seeing right now. Exactly. And we are seeing, guys... People thinking like crazy things. Crazy things. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. 
Romans 1.21. That's what we see here today. Especially now that, you know, they don't have their, their utopias anymore. Marxism has failed all around the world. So what they are providing, Satan is providing those people with small utopias. Here in Sao Paulo, it's funny because this is a city that was built upon hills. Okay? Every, nothing here is flat. It's hills, hills, and hills. And there are some people who really say that bicycles are the only solution for the traffic and public transportation. And they're like radicals, fanatical, and they want to put this, this bicycle tracks all around the city in, in, in those hills, my friends, that I'll tell, I'll tell you. The car, you have to put them in, in second gear in order to climb up the hill. So what happens is there's absolutely nobody in the bicycle tracks, but they think that's, go, that's what's going to happen. They're going to save the, the city. Because, my friends, I'll tell you in the past, not the far past, I, I'm t talking about 20 or 30 years ago, people thought about having a family, raising kids, moving ahead in their jobs, having a career, doing something, something good with their lives. So you always had some preoccupation. People were busy trying to do good things. But now those guys, especially the millennial generation, they live with their parents, they smoke weed every day, and they have these small jobs that provide enough money for for them to eat. They don't even have cars anymore. So they don't spend money. They only spend money in parties, La Vida Loca, liquor, and weed. So everything is easy. So they have to have their minds focused on something. Because the human being cannot live in this vacuum, you know, flowing floating in space you know you need to grab onto something you have to get a hold of something you know just just to feel that, that, that you belong somewhere and they have those small utopias no it, it's black lives matter here in Sao Paulo we have to the, the guys that think the graffiti you know, when you paint the walls in the city, it's the solution for the city. So they start believing those crazy things because they don't have a life anymore. They're not building anything. They don't have kids. They don't want to have kids. They don't have families. They don't have careers. They don't have plans. So their minds are filled with these crazy things. In the United States, those, those women fighting for abortion? I can't understand. I don't approve. But I can understand a, a poor woman who's really upset because it's, she's pregnant. I can understand that. But someone who's rich... And he, who fights for abortion just for the pleasure of being different because it's fashionable? How sick is this person? So, basically, my friends, what I'm trying to tell you here is that when you don't have godly thoughts, a godly plan for your life, a structure, you don't want to do something useful, help other people, build a family... The devil will give you all kinds of stupid ideas, one after the other. And this explains the state of craziness, madness that we are seeing in the world today. Okay? 
the only thing that can free these people from their depraved minds is the gospel. By God's power, the gospel breaks through our hard hearts with glorious light. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When God's light pierces the gloom of our darkened minds, we then begin to understand and believe what is true. That's the only way. So sometimes I have to stop. Because sometimes I, I, I want to debate with someone. But it's like talking to a wall. Understand that when the person has this depraved mind, he won't even listen to what you're saying. You're going to say A, and they will hear B. You know? You're going to say blue, they will hear red. You're going to say apple, they will hear banana. So there's no possibility of debate with people with depraved minds. You're wasting your time. You're throwing pearls to the pigs. You see, you see that in your life. I'm not, I'm not inventing anything and making, any, making up anything here. Yes, my friends. How do we do that? We have to have holy thoughts. If we are to live holy lives, we must think holy thoughts. For the renewal of life can progress no further than the renewal of the mind that informs and guides it. That's it. Everything starts with the mind. Your life will never be better or holier than what's inside your mind. That's why you have to guard your thoughts. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Colossians 3. But you see, people, we're not talking here, thinking about angels in the clouds and things like that. We're not platonic. You know, because in, in antiquity, philosophers like Plato and Pythagoras... They had these ideas, you know, the sublime ideas, perfection. They had the belief that somewhere in heaven, or in another dimension, there was uh, images and ideas of perfection. You know, it's just like, if you're here in the world, you, you have several horses some are sick some die but in the the world of ideas there was a perfect horse that could never die it was the perf perfect idea of a horse you know that's very cabalistic if you think about it okay and that's not what we were talking about Thinking holy thoughts simply means having thoughts that abide to the character and the will of God for your life. It's a reflection of, of what God wants for you. Okay? You see, God is just, God is good, God is loving. So your thoughts must be good just and loving and apply it to your life it's not something metaphysical or ethereal it's about your life it's about your friends it's about your co-workers it's about your, about your family it's about your kids the way you treat those people it's about your habits it's about your daily life it's not about something ethereal in heaven Okay? Even though there's nothing wrong about thinking about God in heaven and Jesus in his glory. 
there's nothing wrong. You can wonder because one day we're going to be there. But it's something practical, okay? It's not platonic. Guided by the Bible and aided by prayer, we devote time to think over our lives and consider whether they are aligned with a life worthy of the gospel. So it's self-analysis. Okay? It's not therapy. It's not psychiatry. It's just simple self-analysis. And you have the power to do that. Okay? You don't need like... <laughs> you know. There are so many crazy psychological quote-unquote Christian things now. Some things that really come from occultism. You know, sometimes some some kinds of um, therapies that they say they are Christians, but they're really occultic in nature, in origin. What we're talking here, my friends, is just an opening your heart for the Holy Spirit to work. And you go to the Bible. You have the mind of Christ. You can do that by yourself. If you have a friend who's a Christian, the better. But it's not something magical. It's not inner healing. It's not meditation. It's not, it's not silence in order to hear something supernatural. It's just meditating in the Word. You just meditate in God's command and you think, am I doing this in my life? What's the problem here? Why am, am I nervous? Why am I, you know, responding this way? With hatred, with selfishness, with greed, with jealousy. And then you think, I'm going to change. And you ask God, God, help me to change this character in this trait in my life. There's nothing magical here. It's just rational thought. Help it with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will enable, enable you to do that. Because once again, the natural man cannot do that. You can only do that. Think about your life and see how you can please God if you're saved. Otherwise, Satan's blinding you all the time. You're blind. Okay? And then, and then we have here the example of David, an excellent example. Psalm 119. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. David is undoubtedly reflecting on times in the past when he had been wandering from the will and ways of God. He was analyzing himself. He may have been purposely violating God's command, commandments. Commandments. Why is it sometimes commands and sometimes commandments? English is a hard language, my friends. And harder, harder in his sin. Regardless, when he engaged his mind in evaluating his attitudes and actions, he soon saw that he had erred and he repented. But even in order to repent, first you have to realize that you're doing something wrong. And how can you Understand that you're doing something wrong if you don't stop and think about your life. Much of our sin arises and persists because we do not seriously consider our ways. Yes, we just go on on automatic pilot. We do not compare our actions with the word of God. We do not apply ourselves to thinking holy thoughts. Okay? And the conclusion here, the Christians visibly distinguished from the unbeliever in his actions. Because I tell you over and over again, be aware of those people who want to make Christianity something ethereal, 
something metaf too metaphysical. Of course, there is a metaphysical part in any religion because we're dealing with the spiritual realm. But, but Christianity is basically practical. It's based on actions. You have faith, but this faith will work in actions. Okay? Yet the Christians first invisibly distinguished from the unbeliever in his mind for the desire to do deeds that accomplish good for others. Here's, here again, it's practicality. And bring glory to God. It, it, it arises from a transformed mind. The mind's renewal depends upon the practice of thinking holy thoughts of deliberately applying the light of God's word so it can search out the hearts and lives. So it can expose all that is foreign, all that is sinful, all that does not belong. So do, my friends, just like David used to do. He used to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139. Okay. Thank you very much for your attention. I hope you have learned something today. And we will see you again, God willing, next week. Bye-bye.